The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. It's interesting to uh, just noting yesterday when looking again at um, chapter 13 and now going into chapter 14. So we had all of those parables of the kingdom of heaven and speaking about all of the different types of soil that are required, uh, but that the good soil is the soil that then receives the word and bears abundant fruit. But surrounding all those parables of the kingdom is such rejection of Jesus. So there is initially a rejection by the Pharisees and the scribes and the elders of the church and then we saw after his parables, he goes up to Nazareth. And yesterday we saw he's rejected by his own. His own will not receive him. So they do not have this soil that is required for the reception of the word that it might actually bear fruit in their life. And so what's happened is that the church elders have rejected, uh, at least for a large part, have rejected Jesus. They have rejected the one who is the Messiah because he does not live up to the expectations that they had of the Messiah even though their expectations are wrong, when he stands before them, they will not then uh, align their hearts with the one who has come to save them. Then after all of these parables, we see even the people that he grew up with, and as we were saying yesterday, because of his ordinariness, right? Just the ordinariness of his life. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Uh, how can we reconcile this wisdom that he has with the one that we think we know? And so it is that they think that they know him, and again, they will not open their hearts to be changed according to their thoughts regarding Jesus of Nazareth. And so it's moved from the church elders to the people that he grew up with, and now it will be the civil authorities uh, and even to the Tetrarch, King Herod. All of these kind of this rejection now of Jesus. He will become that, uh, that seed that falls into the ground and dies and then becomes that living source of life for us in his resurrection. And so what you have surrounding all of those parables of life and grace and love is a foreshadowing already of his coming passion, the way in which he will be rejected and which he will suffer. And so what when we see, if we look at this uh, celebration that Herod is having, 
And what's interesting is that immediately after this in Matthew's gospel, as we'll see, uh, will be the multiplication of the loaves. And so in the multiplication of the loaves, we will have a symbol or a prefiguration of the Eucharistic mystery, which will be the way in which the Lord sacrifices himself and then gives himself for the life um, of those who are in need, those for whom his heart is moved with mercy. We see that what we'll see when we get to the multiplication of the loaves is that he looks out upon the crowds and he's just moved with compassion and mercy. And from that compassion and mercy for the crowds who are like sheep without a shepherd, he then will give a prefiguration in the multiplication of the loaves of his own sacrifice. He will lay himself down and will become, in a very real sense, the food of his people. He will become that which nourishes his people. He will establish a banquet which is a banquet of life, of love, and of self-sacrifice. Juxtaposed with that is now Herod's own celebration, which is almost the complete opposite. As I've said before, one of the commentators says his birthday celebration is almost like an anti-Eucharist, right? It's like an anti-Eucharist. It's like an anti or satanic ritual where it is completely opposed to the banquet that Christ prepares. Christ's banquet is a banquet of, self, of, of love and self-sacrifice. Herod's banquet is a banquet of self-love and no sacrifice. A complete, he gives himself over to all of his passions, whatever he wants. It is a celebration of sin, basically, and it is a celebration of himself. There is no laying of down of himself for anyone else. In fact, the only time he doesn't do what he wants is so that he might also then become an accomplice to murder, right? The murder of St. John the Baptist. And what we see in this celebration, which Herod celebrates himself, is all of the is sin and all of its terrible effects. And so we see one thing is that uh, sin normally compounds upon itself, meaning that when you start and allow for small sins in your life and you allow those to become habitual, gradually what happens is that that normally increases. So the sin will become more and more serious. And so that's why we must uproot sin from our life right at the beginning so that when we see it, when we can understand it, we go and we confess it so that the Lord can take these things out of our soul so that they do not grow into something worse. Because what we see here is that Herod's sin, eventually it starts with adultery uh, with regards to his brother's, uh, his brother's wife, but then also that adultery and the fact that he defends it and he will not let it go, eventually he becomes a murderer. He becomes one who actually takes life and he will do things in order to justify his actions even though he will never be completely at peace in his interior. In fact, the worse that the sin gets, the more his conscience plagues him. And so what's interesting is that uh, one thing we know is that in this life we can experience foretastes of heaven, foretastes of heaven, peace in soul, gifts in prayer. Certain aspects of our life can come and they can give us a small foreshadowing of the joy and the peace that lies ahead of us. But in this life also, there are also foreshadowings of hell, right? We also can experience in ourselves the effects of sin even now. And that's what we see in Herod, is that after the death of St. John the Baptist, his conscience never leaves him with any peace. And so what happens is he begins to see in everything that one sin that he committed and eventually gave himself over to. So that when he hears about Jesus, it's John the Baptist. This is John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist, in a certain sense, plagues his interior in terms of that memory and his conscience is always gnawing at him. And so you have this celebration of himself 
this uh, celebration of sin, but then also you have its terrible effects in the interior, and also the sadness that even though he had the greatest of the prophets come and preach to him, and then even had the fulfillment of the prophets, Christ himself, he still would never give his heart over to Jesus. And so it's this great tragedy, the way in which the heart can become darkened because of sin and will miss the most important things because we know that it is with a pure heart that we see God. And so it is for that eradication of sin in our life that we pray for that grace, that the Lord will always illumine the sin in our life, that we can confess it and hand it to his mercy so that we might not also then miss him, that sin will not cloud our perception of God and that we will be able to recognize him where he is present to us and also then will align our life with him. Amen.